ish boom there it is what up ladies and gents oh we got a good show for you guys startup entrepreneurs you're wondering what to do next this episode's for you let's get this one on the road here we go shut up and sit down look a business can give you everything you want in life prestige wealth freedom it can also take everything away from you this show is for those who are willing to take that risk these are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Bros. All right, this is round two for today's guest on the Business Bros, a serial entrepreneur, podcast host, best selling author, basically everything I aspire to be like. Today, we are going to take a little bit of a different approach. I'm going to make this a coaching call. Why? Because my 17 year old students are inexperienced entrepreneurs, and I know that when you find someone who's doing what you want to do, you ask them for help, guidance, and mentorship. So let's welcome to the show from the 10 Minute Entrepreneur Podcast, author of his most recent book, Unbreakable Rules for Business Startup Success, the one, the only, Sean Castrina. <laughs> All right, Sean, we got uh, all kinds of tech issues today. I lost power in an earlier show. We're playing with cameras, but we are here, man. Welcome back. My, my show feels very inferior after I see your, your prep just to get me on. I'm like, hey, really goes through a lot to make this thing great. It's very well done. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. Look, uh, last time I was uh, thoroughly impressed with the way that you kind of broke down businesses, the way you get involved and uh, basically turn them into cash flowing machines for you. Uh, and what I've done in my classroom is I have, I have 17 year old high school students and we're trying to build a business in class. Each of them created their own groups, which we call corporations. They have their articles of incorporations. And the main part of what I do in class is goal setting. I want them to set three goals a week, work and commit to having those three goals done and kind of progress. They have three choices. They got um, social media management, they got affiliate marketing, and they got print on demand. These are the three different types of businesses because I figured I didn't want them creating and building things in the classroom. Yeah. So this is the best approach. So I thought, you know, I got you coming on the show. You literally are talking about business startups at all time. Who better to ask for guidance for these 17 year old kids than Sean. Hey, I, what, I, what I would say to, to, to any, your businesses, I mean, are you asking me how I can help them? Ask me a direct, I don't want to start answering something where I'm off. <laughs> or, is that the question? No, 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 man. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I haven't actually got to a question yet. But I, I was like, did I miss the question? <laughs> no, no, there was no question. I just, okay, I, I, was, I was praising you here for a little. Uh, I, I appreciate it. Good. Cause I'm like, I think he may have asked a question and I missed it. <laughs> no, man, no, 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 not yet. So let's jump into it. Um, so okay, so these are that's the scenario, right? This is what's what's going on in 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 class. For a 17 year old to get started as an entrepreneur, they know nothing. Most entrepreneurs start their business because of necessity, but these kids don't actually have a problem that they're solving. So my question, first question is gonna be. Uh, if if you were trying to teach a seventeen year old kid how to get started in a classroom setting, where what would you what would your approach be? Okay, the f first thing I would do because that's what I did with my son. 
I, I don't, you know, you're kind of trapped by the three things that you're making them do. The first thing I, I would do is that you, you, business is very simple. There's only three things that take place in business. Once you understand these, everything kind of works from it. But the very first thing that you have to do in a business is you have to attract customers. So to attract customers, you got to have something that people want. So that would be the number one domino that I, that, that's going to be my North Star. My North Star is what can we offer? that people would chase us down for our business. Like it's so unique. It's so good. It's so needed. It's, you know, whatever that is, that has to be the guiding force because you can't, you're not going to attract customers. If you have something that nobody needs, wants, desires, uh, doesn't solve a problem. So, the, so the first thing is no matter what it is in those categories, you got to find something within that category that people really, really want. And then you've got to find the attract, you know, how are you going to, what method are you going to use to attract these customers? That, that, that's the North Star. I mean, if you don't have a product or a service that people want, they can, they, they can be in that classroom 365 days a year, you know, eight hours a day. It ain't going to make, you know, it's not going to make a difference. That's absolutely true. The, uh, the attracting the customer, the offer, I, I recently read a couple times Alec Hermo, Alex Hermosi's book, uh, $100 million offer, and he lays it out out there almost exactly like you're saying. Give me, you create something that is so good, people will feel dumb saying no to, right? Something that is so amazing. And today we were talking about pricing and, uh, and, and adding value to the product services that you create because if you don't, if you have that price battle where you're trying to undercut your competition, you're you're pricing yourself all the way down to zero eventually. So how do we how do you construct an offer in a basic business that is so irresistible people don't want to say no to? I, I mean, I think Alex obviously he's sharp as attack, and so he gets a general idea. I mean, number one is you need it still goes back to you gotta have something that somebody wants, needs, or solves a problem. They're the fundamental. Okay, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what you're offering. You have that's the critical reasons why people buy. And then you need to put an offer that see that the perceived value is in relation to what you're charging. I mean, you're not going to fool anybody if you if you try to send me some try to sell me something that's really cheap. Some most people are going to pick up on it. That that's not worth that. So so I, you know, let's just understand that we're not trying to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. So you need to construct an offer that has perceived value by the person who's buying it. Hey, you can add very little things onto something to get perceived value. A five-year warranty instead of a one-year warranty. Um, you know, we're going to add this add-on course or we're going to, however you choose to do that, but you, you just keep adding on things where they just, oh, I can't say no. They gave me this and then they gave me that and then they gave However, let's just say that you were all of this would have been in your typical package from day one, but you don't give it in the first offer. You stretch it out. So it looks like they're getting like five additional things or a longer membership or additional help, whatever it is. It, you know, it's a stacking approach, Russell Brunson as well. So, you, you know, you got to it's got to be irresistible. Example would be is that, OK, a sandals vacation is a very nice vacation for for couples. Okay, but if you throw on there, I'm going to give you two extra nights. I'm going to mm -hmm. throw on there. You're going to get a dinner, you know, a couple's massage or something like that. Okay, this may be all a part of the package normally. Like they would do that anyway. They already got you their dinner and these type of things. But they do it as an add-on. You think you're getting something so great, but 
realistically, it's nothing for them. They already have you there. You know, it costs them probably $80 to give you something that you perceive as having, ex, you know, exponentially more value. So I, I think you're you just got to be creative and constructing, you know, okay, they want this. And if they wanted this, it would be great if they had this. I think you got to think through what your buyer, you know, you, you got to keep kind of like see around corners like, okay, they, they love this, but what can I make this where it's just I can't turn it down. The example is like Zappos. When I re- when they told me that they do 365 day returns a year, yeah, yeah, I'm addicted. Every, I start all my all my clothing stop all my clothing starts at Zappos because they have a one year n- return policy. No, I don't care how you can send them back in 364 days with holes in the knees, and it wouldn't make a difference. That's ridiculous. Nordstrom darn near has the same type of thing, but so. You got to have something that has just so overwhelmingly incredible. Like when you hear it, you're like, I, they, they're willing to do what? I can return it for a year? That's the idea, you know, and that mm. way, you know, and, and so you have to think like that. You got to go, okay, this, this is good, but what else can we do? What else can we do? And, and that's how you build an irresistible offer. Let's talk about your, uh, your startup success when you speak to entrepreneurs whether they're, when they're first getting started we started with you know attracting customers and getting their offers what are some of the steps that entrepreneurs tend to skip over that are vitally important in in growing their their business from scratch well i think the first thing is, is that they don't do a business plan it's, it's amazing it, you know it, there's certain questions that you have to ask you know, the, you know, that's why I wrote the book, The World's Greatest Business Plan, which was just simple. I really kind of wrote it for my son and his friend because they were starting a business and I started ordering books on Amazon and none of them, every of them, they all made it so complicated. It was just crazy, like 300 pages and and some mis- incredible like projected uh, uh, income, like what, what you were going to make, which is a, like a wish. Nobody knows the answer to that. Nobody on the planet knows what projected income is going to be on a startup business. I can tell you what it is. Zero. You can bet on zero. Everything above zero is a bonus. So you got to have enough cash. You know what, Sean? I can make myself uh, Excel rich really quick when I make those projections. And it's insanity. It's insanity. So what you really have in a startup is potentially no money for maybe 90 days. So if you're wise, you're starting it with a little bit of money in reserves or you have an incredible launch and maybe 30 days. I mean, that's risky. But, but that, that's my point. A, a business plan realistically looks at, you know, example, you want to start a business. Who's going to be my, I'm going to go as basic as I can. What am I selling? Who's most likely to buy it? What's the easiest, most effective way to market it? How much will it cost for me to market, market it? So I know how much it costs for me to acquire a customer. How much is it going to cost for me to have the product and or service that I'm offering? What's going to be my my price point of selling it? What's my competitor's price point? What is my margin? I just threw out like seven really quick ones. But you can see if you didn't have the answers to those questions, there's some pretty important questions asked. I mean, to me now, it's like breathing. But we'll go start something and have no idea what our competition charges. No idea what it's going to cost for us to offer that if it's labor and or it's manufacturing a product. So we get all excited about something. Then we go look at it and the margins like nothing. Mm-hmm. And we're all excited about this, but, and, and then we stick with it because we're excited about it. But if you did the business plan before you started getting excited, 
I've done many, I mean, I've had business ideas. And then when I start doing my due diligence, I'm like, no, that there's it's either I, I, it's too expensive to, to put the talent around this business. It's too expensive to create what it is we're going to offer. There's too much competition offering it at a, at a price point that I'm not, that I got to compete with. I don't really know that we can put together a value proposition. What's going to make us, you know, why would you buy from us as opposed to anybody else? So, you know, you start looking at those things and, and I can talk myself out of a business within two days. Mm. But that's kind of getting real with yourself, right? I mean, I, 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 I do that personally sometimes when I, I'll stand in front of a mirror and I'll look into my own eyes and I don't even have to say anything, but I know already there's certain things I need to change, right? There's certain choices that I haven't made. I feel like that's kind of that really introspective look, simple stuff. You know, it's, it's really a list of questions that you really got to answer to be able to move forward in any business. And you're saying a lot of people skip this step. Oh, oh they do. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I bet you one in three businesses do anything that even resembles a business plan. If I was betting my, my life savings on it. Um, you know, we, we just, you, to me, you just got to calculate, put as many things on the, on paper or however you do it these days on your spreadsheet. But I want to ask all the questions. How, how many people am I going to need to open up, you know, to get the business off the ground. Like in other words, the very first day we're in business, who do I need in the building or, or creating the product or whatever it is? I need to know those things. I need to know what am I going to pay them? Okay. Talent wise, how much talent do I need? How easy is it to replace talent? I was going to start a business and the person that I needed, if I would have lost that person, it would have been like trying to find a one-eyed leprechaun. Mm. So I didn't, I didn't start it because I felt like there it would have been way too hard to, to get that level of talent and, and it would have been way too stressful. And I have a rule in business. If I can't replace anyone within a week, it doesn't mean it always happens, but I at least have applicants that, you know, I'm remotely encouraged. I might hire. If I can't have that within a week, I I'm not interested in the business. It's, to me, it's, it's too much pressure. Now other people are great at that. Elon Musk, SpaceX, I'm assuming there's some pretty smart people. But I don't, that's not the crowd I associate with. So I, I would have a hard time, you know, bringing on, you know, high level engineers. So you mentioned earlier that you, you wrote the business plan book because of, of your son. You were helping your son get started, his son and his friend. Um, when you speak to younger people like that and they're thinking about starting a business, what are those types of models or businesses that they tend to get into that you kind of guide them through? You know, I, again, typically right now, everybody's so excited about any, anything online. So, it, and that's, and that's fine, but it, it, the basics are still the same. There's only three things that happen in business. You attract customers. I said that you have to sell customers and then you have to give them what it is they bought. That's called fulfillment. That's it. You can dress up everything else, but there's only three things that take place in business. And so if you, just put those three things. If you kind of like lay them out on a wall here on a whiteboard, again, how am I going to attract customers? That's pretty simple. You know, why would anybody want our product? What are we going to brag about to make it that they, you know, are they going to reach out to us on our ad? Whatever that is, it's pretty simple. You have a track. Then your conversion. How are you going to convert them? Do you have a sales team? Uh, you know, do you have, you know, however you do it, you've got to have a method of converting these into sales. And a lot of people don't think that through there or they just assume it's going to be really so easy to attract customers. And I'm like, no, beta test that. 
do a sample sales page, whatever it is, test it, play with it. I mean, when we did, you know, like the weekend MBA, we played with wording many times to try to find what was resonating with people and stuff that we thought would work, didn't work. Well, if we would have been stubborn about that, you know, it would have been a colossal failure. And, but that's the way it is in every business. You, you, you test a few things and then you pivot. And so never get, yeah, you're, you're, you're never getting married with an idea because that idea can modify, can change at any moment. Listen, ideas all sound great in my head until I expose them to criticism and the marketplace. And then they're not as good as I thought they were. And so you got to pivot. That, that pivot, that part of, of kind of letting go, is it because you feel like maybe that my name is on this particular business that I don't want to make a shift? Uh, maybe because I'm the one doing all the servicing? Because, you know, you mentioned how if I can't hire somebody within a week, it's not the business I'm interested in. And, and my part or my thoughts on that were always going to be, well, there's got to be also a process in place where I can replace that person quick and quickly and easily. Because you talked about being a key employee, but sometimes some of these startup businesses, the one person doing everything is that you. key employee. Uh, uh, yeah, and that key employee might be you. Um, I just think starting out, I do not want my business to be dependent on someone that I cannot replace and I'm, and I'm a hostage. I've had that happen before. It is the worst feeling in the world mm-hmm. to be tiptoeing around somebody that you literally know you want to go off on and you can't and they know that you can't and it's like a hostage situation and, and I, I like i said i've been in that situation before and i've started businesses with people where i was very dependent on them and and i it's the to me it's just a, just a horrible situation to be in okay let's assume we went through sean's plan we answered the questions um, as best we could, we've talked about different attraction a little bit, creating different content pieces, testing, uh, wording, doing that sort of thing. What about the sales side? Um, when it comes to actually closing and converting, uh, your sales process, does it take a salesperson to have that communication? Can I create it as a product that just goes to a landing page and closes? What have you noticed in small businesses that tend to work? Well, I mean, I just know, again, I'm thinking of like the weekend MBA or things that I've been involved in some bit, some price, once it hits a certain price point, you need, you need, you know, aggressive sales teams. You just do Uh, some things are such a low margin that your little add-ons make them buy. You make it an irresistible offer. So everything's kind of different, but I would say this in general, as an entrepreneur, there's no greater skill set than you can have than to be a salesperson. Like if you could only have one thing, your ability to sell, to be able to close sales, be a rainmaker initially. I mean, you're going to typically be the top salesperson for the first million dollars. For the first million dollars in revenue, typically the, the founder is that person. And if for some reason he's not or she's not, they better be partnering with someone who is. So can can sales be taught can it be something that you're required to learn because i know i'm right now the 17 year old kids in the classroom getting them to stand up in front of the classroom and speak is difficult enough imagine you know trying to get them to get somebody to take their credit card out you know decide on this transaction i'm gonna hurt your feelings with this i don't think i think 60 percent of people have no chance Mm. they don't like my wife she would never 
could never, under any circumstance, sell sell something, nor would she. And so, I mean, entrepreneurship sounds so cool these days. You know, I'm an entrepreneur. But it's like, certain, it's like you know, I'm going to be a surgeon. You might need to have very steady hands. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I, I mean, you might need to have tremendous focus. I'd like to think you have to be extraordinarily intelligent, okay, to be able to – I mean, there are qualifiers for everything. And there's qualifiers for being an entrepreneur. And I think your ability to sell and communicate, let's just say communicate, is an absolutely critical skill. I'm always communicating, whether I'm interviewing for talent, recruiting business partners, whether it was getting capital for a business, constantly in some level of engagement communication. I had a college student come live with us. And the first thing I did to try to kind of help him and, and just be a more effective adult, let's say. As I signed him up for a comedy improv. No, it was, <laughs> okay. oh, it was yeah. incredible. And then he did that. And then I signed him up for the Toastmasters. And yes. between the two, golly, two years later, totally different person. So I think you can get out of your shell, but you're going to have to do things that make you uncomfortable. And stand-up comedy will make you uncomfortable. Because that's really where the sales games, the sales lessons happen, right? It's the uncomfortable part. I know for me, the hardest thing was initially just getting on the phone or just getting into those DMs. The the act of me saying, okay, ready? Go. Like that was the hardest part. Once you get into it, the next call, the next call, the next call, those things get easier over, over time. But getting yourself to take that leap, I think that's usually one of the, the most difficult things to actually take the at bat and have the conversation. That's the wall that a lot of people need to overcome. Yeah. And I, I just, you got to learn how to communicate with people. I mean, I, I would tell people, you know, in your daily life, if you're very uncomfortable with that, get used to just saying hi to people at a gas station. Hey, that's a really nice car. Yeah. Uh, what, what year is that? You can create uncomfortable conversations every day if you choose to. In the course of your life, if you get off of, you know, social media for a second and actually engage with people face to face, learn how to read body language, um, you know, learn how to listen, you know, that that's one of the most critical skills in selling is your ability to shut your mouth and, mm. and say, tell me more, you know, what exactly are you looking for to probe a little bit deeper? Uh, I just think it's, again, I can't think of a, of a greater skill than the ability to sell, persuade and communicate for entrepreneurs. And then next, I think, you know, you have leadership. <laughs> Somebody's going to be running this thing. Somebody's going to be making the hard decisions. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, you know, there's got to be a chief bottle washer there when you get started. And so, you know, being leadership is critical. And then some people just make things happen. They have a level of, in, you know, determination and resilience. Again, you know, it's a combination of things. But I feel like if you don't have any of these, how are you going to be successful? If you can't communicate, you've limited about 90 percent of what you can do as an entrepreneur. Okay, You've eliminated. How are you going to bring on a staff? Yeah. Who's going to do your hiring for you? Uh, you know, and tell me, I mean, I'd be curious, you know, you, so you can get away with some things, but then there's going to be resilience because it's not going to go the way you think. If I, I've always said, if I knew how hard it was going to be with every business I started, I would have never started any of them. I don't know though. I think, I think once you got bit by that bug, it was, it was there. Do you, do you think like if, if I asked your wife or if I asked your yeah. kids, uh, is dad always selling? Like, is he always out there selling something even when he's talking to that guy randomly at the gas station? Like, is this part of your MO when you're asking questions? Do you feel like 
you're you're guiding towards something or are you just yeah, being can, super curious and then maybe a solution happens to pop up? I mean, I can talk to anybody anywhere. That's, you know, just my, my DNA. But I'm saying if you don't have that, mm. you need to get out of your comfort zone. Because I'm, you asked me, like, can you be a, a salesperson? I think some people know, but I think some people are on the fence. And I don't think you have to be like a hyper in your face, bombastic person to be a salesperson. You can be thoughtful, quieter, be a great listener, ask great questions. There's a lot of ways to be an effective leader and an effective salesperson. We have this idea that you have to be this more, you know, take charge, whatever. No, a lot of ways to be, to be effective, but you've got to, but you got to be able to find what works for you. And if you don't say anything, I don't know how you lead or how you sell. Like if Hmm. you're very passive, uh, non-confrontational, not very confident. I mean, I, I don't know how you do it. It's going to be a mystery for sure. Okay, attract, sell, and then finally, you actually have to do what the heck you said you were going to do. Uh, when it comes to the to the servicing part, you already mentioned that you know you like to have a team in place that you have people that can take over some of these processes. Um, when you're a startup entrepreneur, how do you set that up? Are you looking for things like VAs? Are you looking for people to do certain things? Or do you kind of take the ropes yourself at first and then, and then learn the process and, and bring in people to, to run that show? Yeah, I think initially most businesses are less than three people when they get going. You know, it's a, a small team, less than 10. So you, you, whatever it is that you're selling, how is it, get, how is it being created if it's a product? How is it going to get to the customer? What if there's a warranty issue? How does it, what what takes place there? How do they get it back? Uh, What if they reach out with a customer service question? If it's a service, who's going to provide it? Who's going to provide the warranty if the person you sell doesn't, or, or you send out there can't fulfill it? And there's a, like he stinks or she stinks. Who do you have that can oversee them? Do you have the ability to do it? You know, all the, you, have, you just have to ask the question, we're selling this, whatever that is, how are we going to provide it? Hmm. And what do we do if there's a customer service issue in a perfect world when everything goes perfect, it doesn't matter. But w- what happens if you provide the service and the person you do was not very qualified, but you hired them. And so you start getting customers saying, Hey, it's taken much longer than I thought. It's not to the, you know, to the quality I thought, or let's say you got a product and the first person was going to manufacture it. They have, there's massive delays. See, I'd want to order it first, see exactly how long it took, see the quality of it. So I know how long the supply chain is. I'm just saying you better taste the soup before you put Mm. it on the menu. So true. That would, that would suck. That would uh, tarnish your reputation. You'd get the bad reviews right off the bat. And now you're in trouble. Now you're, you're starting from, from a hole. You're not, you're not ahead of the game. Yeah. So you just got to, you got to, I always say you got to play a war game scenario. Everything that can go wrong, you need to think about it, write it down and then you need to play it out. Okay. Our, Our orders take this long. Okay, we've done 10 orders. FedEx did that when they first, you know, you know, get something overnight. Okay, they sent out like 187 things. I don't know the exact number, but like literally like 185 didn't make it. You know, it was some crazy number. Okay, and now, you know, you can ship something overnight anywhere in the world. And they've got it mastered. 
but but they you know there's beta testing there to to make sure what your what your capability is you don't want to make all these grand claims and, and you can't make it happen so the fulfillment is making you know what it is you're selling making it happen making you know getting it to the customer and then also let's not forget the customer service end of it mm. You know, it's funny, Sean, because I came at you with a bunch of different angles of the way business operates. Um, and, and it's and it's the type of scenario that I get when sometimes I'm thinking about stuff. I'm like, oh, that would be great. You broke it down so that I can take no matter how convoluted my idea or concept or, or inexperience, and you made it super simple, attract, sell, service. Like, it's, it's super, super easy. If people want to get a hold of you, Son, they want to learn more about you, how do they do that? Just go to SeanCastrina.com. You'll get a free book, The Eight Unbreakable Rules for Business Business Startup Success. It's a lot of good New York Times author reviews, and so it's really good. And I, I do a newsletter a couple times a month that, that's actually like what I'm talking about, the three ways to do this, the five ways to hire, you know, anything like that. And then my podcast, the 10-Minute Entrepreneur Podcast, and of course, um, I'm on Instagram, but, you know, Probably SeanCastrina.com and the podcast is probably the easiest way to get free, good value. Sean, as always, man, you are a pleasure to talk to. Thank you for making me making me look at business a lot simpler. Because I, I wrote down your questions, by the way. Who am I selling to? Or what am I selling? Who am I selling to? How am I going to market it? What's the cost to market? Cost to produce? I mean, like all the questions you wrote out, I'm going to take those with me. And I'm definitely going to break down a lot of that in our class businesses because it's it's as simple as we can make it. I think we as human beings find ways to complicate things. I don't know why we like complication and drama, but you are you have this niche, this 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 way of making things a lot simpler. I think that's what makes you a great salesperson, by the way. The clarity of a of a vision. You're able to really show somebody clearly this is how you get from point A to point B, point C. And it makes it a lot easier, dude. Thanks a lot again for coming on the show. Before we head out, um, any last thoughts, final thoughts? Oh, man, just always a pleasure to be on the podcast. And again, you know, anybody wants to reach out to SeanCastrine.com, come get a free book, listen to my podcast. I think you'll learn something. You absolutely will, ladies and gents. By the way, Sean, you had a great, the last time I, I spoke to you, your, your uh, website would look a little bit different. It's really clean the way it looks. Uh, so, Appreciate you know, kudos that. to you on that. Ladies and gents, make sure you check out 10 Minute Entrepreneur. Sean's on the show, literally 10 minutes. You can do this as easy as possible. Listen, learn, implement. Always look for somebody who's already done what you want to do in life because they make it a lot easier for you to learn. I mean, imagine you start learning from a bunch of other stuff. It gets really complicated. And Sean just broke it down into three simple steps. So SeanCastrina.com, make sure you guys check it out. Hit up his podcast, The 10-Minute Entrepreneur. We'll catch you guys again on the next one. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.